I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Stump Sumps and Beer Pumps, a podcast for you, the players, supporters and the hardworking volunteers that make a glorious game from the lowest to the highest levels in the UK and beyond. We at Stumps, Umps and Beer Pumps have now teamed up with Derbyshire County Cricket Club to promote cricket at all levels across the county and wider regions. I'm Rick, I'm here with Ian, Richard and Neil as we take you on a journey around our home here at Winslow Cricket Club in Burn-on-Trent. On this podcast we'll keep you updated on all the goings on here at Winslow Cricket Club and we will also be answering all your questions and inviting you, the listener, to send in all your stories from around the cricketing world. We will of course have a special guest coming with their view from Cow Corner with all their stories, ideals and anecdotes. So let's get started and bring you up to date with the goings on at Winslow Cricket Club, the little club with a big personality. So welcome to another episode of Stumps, Umps and Beer Pumps. Uh, on this episode we've got Andy Mitchell from How's That Cricket. First of all, we've just got obviously me, myself and Neil. We're going to have a chat. What do you think of it, Neil? It's, it was quite a good interview, I thought. Yeah, it's decent. Yeah, it's really impressive how he's managed to document every uh, innings and every over and every wicket and every ball and every catch. I mean, it's really dedication that is to do something like that. But uh... I thought that listening to him, it's, it's, it can tell you every... Yeah, every every wicket he's ever got, and every every sort of run he's ever gotten, but the amount of people he knows, the amount of, of names in it, it was like, it's like it's almost like who haven't you met? Yeah, as opposed to who, uh, who you have met. I think he's quite well, well connected. He's, he certainly knows a lot of people, and uh, and obviously with the Alzac cricket, it was it, you know it just started out as a a general sports shop. I thought was you know, and, and then went to be. Designated cricket shop. He's done fair play. He's done, he's done really well. Yeah, it's a good shop. I've bought a few bats from there in the past. Have you? Yeah. How do you feel about him? Are they good bats? Like? Yeah, he's a big kahuna, but like all my bats, they've all had user problems. <laughs> that was the issue. That's the issue with my bats. Yeah, it's a you, good bat. A user problem. Shame you can't take them back with that, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, straight up A thirty eight, just M one into M one yeah. junction. Send the wife to MacArthur Glen. 
get some new clobber and then you can spend the day in there. <laughs> Happy days. Happy days. But nets have obviously started, haven't they? You know, the indoor nets. How are you, how are you getting some second week coming up? Yeah, so, I'm just on the way to nets now. It's the first week, was it the last week? Good turnout, was they? Brilliant turnout, yeah. Loads of kids. Uh, a lot of bigger kids as well. They've grown up a, a shot since last season, so they're mm-hmm. a bit bigger and stronger and uh, pushing for places. Super. Anyone, I know it's hard to tell really in nets, but is, that, is that anyone sort of looking quite good? How's, is, is Watto been, did he... <laughs> Did he bat for a plenty uh, no, time? No, Watto didn't actually. I tell you, it was <laughs> quite impressive. Dale looked good. Dale Winston is a new signing we've got. Yeah. Um, yeah, looks timed the ball nice. Left hander looks good. But the usual thing with nets, the old double bouncer, the old beamer. It's not something I've really asked you before, but how, obviously we ask other people and we've asked other people on other other pods. How do you feel about nets? What What do you aim to get out of nets really? Uh, what I aim to get out of nets is just just really get my body moving again, really my arms. Could you? You think you don't use these muscles, or you do use them all the time, but you don't. When you come to bowling again, it's like you've seized up. You need some WD-40 on the old joints and that. Just get the body moving again. That's what I think. Put it on your length, because being a spinner, the issue is I just toss it up there, and then just smack it out of the ground. I just go, well, well, it's, it's, it's smashing into the net. Well done, mate. Yeah. Being a match is probably out, but uh, you just get your body moving again, really. I don't bat at all. Not not at all. Well, I don't try not to bat at all in normal cricket. Never mind nets. No, it's, it's too dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> well, for for everyone else, when you're batting. <laughs> well, it, one time a day probably, but not now. Wielding the big kahuna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so obviously, do, do you enjoy nets? Is a, is a good question for you. Is it just just to go and see the lads or? I like it. I like it for that reason as well. Yeah, I like to see the lads. I've bought a quick chuck, chuck a few balls down and uh, see how everyone's getting on. We're going to go over to Cow Corner. Ivo's been sent on the road. He's talking to Andy Mitchell. Yeah, so have a listen. Very insightful. A lot of name dropping and a very good listen. So uh, see what you think. Welcome back to Cow Corner with me, Ian Livo. Today I'm in South Normanton to chat with someone who is well known throughout both the club and professional cricketing world and at the home of one of the UK's best known cricket retailers, Owzat Cricket. And it's our pleasure to welcome Andy Mitchell. How are we, Andy? I'm very well, Ian, thank you. Yeah, yeah good, good to see, speak to you. Big, bit cold up here today, isn't it, compared to uh, where you'd like to be, I'm sure. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've been in warmer climates at this time of the year <laughs> watching cricket rather than going to a cold warehouse. Hey, listen, there's plenty of subjects we could get started with, Andy, but before we do that, can you just tell us a bit about your background, how long you've been involved in cricket, your earliest memories, and we always like to know who got you involved in it. Uh, well, do you mean playing or retail or playing? Play, it's good on the play, playing play, route. Playing, playing, it was... Um, obviously, as a kid, we used to play local cricket uh, on, on what we used to call rec at South Wingfield. And then in 1975... Uh, they decided that there was going to Southwind for Cricket Club was going to run um, an under 18s junior team, which mm-hmm. was the, the old Knotts and Derby Border League. Uh, there was no under 10s, 11s, 12s in them <laughs> days. It was if you were 12, you played in under 18s, and that that was it. So that was my my first introduction into playing. Uh, we were a bit like Ragart Rovers, really. We weren't we weren't particularly very good. It were getting 12, sorry, 11 people out of, out of South Wingfield Village to play against a lot better established sides was, yeah. was quite a challenge, really. How far and wide did you get to travel with those games? I suppose Worksworth was far. Uh, and we used to play, ironically, we used to play against uh, a club in them days called New Hucknall. And the opening bowler for New Hucknall was Steve Grozovich. 
who later went on obviously to be the commentary goalkeeper and also play Shropshire for Shropshire. Yeah. And got the I think the 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 the, the famous thing of a bowling viv on a no ball. So yeah, so Oggy played up there with his brother, and they had they had a good side, and they're also. Uh, Oh, what was that other place called? There was one near Nottingham. It just escapes me now. The name of the near Nuttall it was. They they were in our league for some okay. reason, uh, and they had some good they had some good players as well. Okay, so was that effectively the birth of South Wingfield Cricket Club? Well, definitely the birth of South Wingfield Juniors. Yeah. South Wingfield Cricket Club is a hundred and. Hundred and thirty odd years old, so no, it wasn't, it wasn't the wasn't the birth of uh, of South Wingfield, but it was definitely the birth of the junior section. Yeah, and that, just you know, out, out of interest for our listeners, how many juniors do you have up there now? Now is unbelievable. <laughs> like a lot of like a lot of clubs, we've um, we took the directive from the All Stars and the Dynamos. Yeah, and it's it's brilliant to see actually. I mean, we we have, we have kids. I don't know, four, five, six, whatever yeah. age they're allowed to play, up until our juniors of under-14s. I think we've got an under fifteen side. We, we don't go any higher than under-15. Mm-hmm. So I would say that we're in the region of 60, 60 kids. Yeah. Whether there be five players come out of that 60, I don't know, but it, it is great to see it. And we, we're very... We're very lucky that we've got some very de- dedicated um, coaches and, and, and members who, who who enjoy sort of uh, getting that thing going. We you know we've, we've got one guy called Alfie Smith that's been he's been a godsend really getting get this thing organised. So going back to nineteen seventy five, then you you were what under seventeen, under eighteen then when you first started. I was oof, I'd be sixteen, I'd be okay. sixteen. Yeah, so I played about three two years in under eighteen. But you also were then playing effectively senior cricket. Seventy six was my first game at Rosehill Methodists. Okay, uh, for South Wingfield second eleven, and it was friendlies. It was friendlies in them days, uh, so we didn't. Um, we didn't enter a league. South Wingfield never entered a league until I, I believe it was seventy eight. I think okay. we went into into the again the Knotts and Derby border. Yeah, yeah. We had the first team was in, and the second team still played friendlies. So, just for our listeners, I'll, we'll get some photos of this for you. But uh, Andy's got a fascinating record of every single game he's played since going back then to nineteen seventy six. 75, 75 actually the juniors yeah, um, yeah. And, and it's it's a fascinating record we'd be, be interested to see any of our other listeners who've kept records like this because there's so much information in there and so many memories just of those games along the way now for our, for our listeners who, who listen regularly they will be aware that we are talking about what we call BPC before play cricket um, you know, you've got four hundred and seventy-six wickets on play cricket. Oh, you? Um, you, know, you, you don't look. You got, yeah, four hundred and seventy-six. Honestly, I, I can tell you how many is in that book, but yeah. I, I don't know. On uh, I know that. Um, so that's what I was going to ask. How many are missing off play cricket from pre pre two thousands and such? I've got about eleven and a half hundred. I think eleven hundred and fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eleven hundred and fifty wickets. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it was. Uh, um, so that's that's every all cricket. That's all yeah. all friendlies and and and, and, and yeah. uh, tours and all sorts. So yeah, yeah. But that's yeah before cricket came was on the uh, was on the net. Yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely got uh, 
definitely got well like, like I say I'm, I'm that sad I can tell you every week here because they're all down in this book that I've kept for, as a, since I was a kid so you, your, your best bowling for South Wingfield according to play cricket is a 5-4 but you tell me what is your best bowling out there I know I've, I've never had seven. I've had six on a few occasions. Yeah. But I've never had I've never had a seven. So it, I, I'm surprised that's not on there actually because I didn't realise that I, I've not had a six since whenever that that, that came in. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't. I know I, I know I've had six in league. So I, yeah. I, I don't know. When, I don't know when it was to be quiet. So this year then you're coming into 2023 season. I'm going to try and do my maths now. This will be your 47th, 48th year. No, this will be my 49th year. 49th? Yeah, because I know exactly that when I'm finishing, I'm finishing on the 24th of September. Which would be 2024. That will be 50 years at South Wingfield. Bloody hell, 50 years, and you're going to finish at the end of that season. That's when I'm hoping. Well, that's the plan, God willing. What's the body saying? Body's saying I should have finished 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right for a lot of our listeners. Definitely. I mean, people know me, they know that uh, I am not, I, I'm, I'm built more for in the bar than in, on, on the ground. You're still bowling some good number of overs each year, though, aren't you? Yeah, you do do when you, you've got a pull on captain, that's what it is. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> now, now I, always, I do bowl quite a lot of overs still, but I've cut it down from one, from one pace to two, sorry, from two paces to one now, so it's not. Uh, it's not really hard. So if, if we go back to the, your, 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 let's call it your heyday and say, I'm going to say late 80s, mid 90s, when you were playing uh, for South Wingfield, who, who were the batsmen out there? What would, they, what would the batters rem- remember you as? What sort of bowl would they remember you as back then? Pie chucker, I would imagine, quite a lot of them. A pie chucker uh, took a lot of wickets. Yeah, though. yeah. Uh, I've finished a few careers. I have, had, I have had that comment, if you can get me out. I'm finishing. Yeah. Uh, and but if you look at a few people that over the years I have got out, uh, there there is some good names on there. I can assure you. But uh, who would that? Who would the highlights be for you? Uh, I suppose really uh, the one who made that comment was Neil Neil Sparham. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember getting Neil out, and I won't use the language, but if you can get, I, I could back. I'm going to pack in, and that one that one Neil's that one Neil's uh, quote. So yeah, uh, pop. Stuart Poplar one's got Bob Popper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Dunn, he, he, Chris Dunn before he come to play for South Wingfield, which uh, which he, he never admits to, but I, I did. I mean, I, I've never played at the highest level. I, I think I think Division Two, Three, probably the highest I ever got to. So what, uh, what division are you playing in this year? I'm I'm thirteen vice captain, so I was playing seven. I I did go down to play in the force last year because Nick, who's done a great job with our went away and uh, I went and captained him for for the last five four or five matches and, yeah. and then when he came back he took over basically to just really help us get up because we, he'd done such a good job and it just sent hard to uh, chuck it all away just for the fact that because Nick's got a couple of lads who play and, and his mate who were on holiday so right. we just we just mucked through actually and, and, and managed to get second so yeah we're good good stuff I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Stumps, bumps, and beer pumps. So 49th year coming up at South Wingfield. I've got, I've got to ask you this question. We're not far from South Wingfield here in South Normanton. You, you, you're as local as local gets. What's it about South Wingfield Cricket Club that's kept you there so long? I'm a South Wingfield lad. I've uh, born, bred, lived there. I, I I moved to South Wingfield when I was six months old. I'm 63 now. Mm. I've had six houses and never moved a mile from cricket ground. I've had chances to play, go to other clubs, and and very nearly left once, but that was all. It's not like it is now where people tend to move. At, at one time, you you That's, was with a, you was at a club. Yeah. And, and you stayed there. But, yeah. you that, know. That's exactly what I was going to ask you next, actually, because you've seen it literally all through those, let's just say, 50 years for round numbers. You've been a player, you've been a captain, a vice-captain, you've been on committees. What do you see the difference in club cricket these days compared to, let's just say, 20 years ago, 20, 25 years Where do you see the biggest differences? Expense, really. Uh, obviously, the higher that you get, uh, you have to have an overseas or a paid player. Whether you're in agreements with it or whether you're not in agreements with it, if they have one, you've got to have one. Me personally, I would love the fact that we could ever get to the thing where we don't have paid players, yeah. but it'll never happen. It won't happen mm-hmm. because everybody wants to be the best, which is fair enough. But uh, we're now in League One, and for us to compete or even consider stopping up, yeah. we have to have a paid player, at least one paid player. I mean, some clubs are paying three or four players. Yeah. Let's let's be honest. Yeah. Some clubs are playing three or four players. As chairman at South Wingfield, I totally disagree with that. I mean, I've obviously been, because of my position of what I've got uh, uh, with the business and everything, I have never, ever paid a player personally at South Wingfield. Every, every pound... Spent at South Wingfield is raised. Now don't tell, don't don't get me wrong. I, I have raised tens of thousands of yeah. pounds for them. Personally, I have never ever paid. Well, that's a lie. I am lying. <laughs> I once paid a lad's wages, so the guy who owned the chip shop at the time could play. I paid fifteen quid to somebody to work a shift for to, him to cover the chip shop. To cover the chip shop owner, yeah, yeah, I did. I do remember that. That was when I was captain. That'd be about nineteen eighty. So I probably were breaking some sort of law. I'm just wondering, yeah, what what the exec committee of the DCCL would say about that these days. Well, yeah, there's probably a rule somewhere around the line. Though, I, mean, I probably broke. I think I probably broke more rules than that. I yeah, mean, I think I mean, there's one. I've appeared at a few different ones or twice for yeah. disciplinary, but. I, 
I don't. Th- I don't think they can go back that far. To be quite honest. No, definitely, definitely. And and you know, see, so I'm with you on that, Andy. That you've got to pay from a certain level. There's no choice. We we did a great interview uh, episode last year where we did Division Three captains did a pre-season, and it was fabulous that we had the captains of Etwell, Winsall, our own club, and Mickle over all of all in Div Three, desperate to get out of Div Three, but none of us paid for players. Mm. And we all had exactly that same mentality that says, until we have to, we don't want to. We want to rely on the lads who've come through the club, basically. Because um, the lads who've come through the club are the ones who you know, have got us here in the first place, aren't they, sir? Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, I mean, we, uh, div- we never paid a player until Division 2. That's all right, yeah. yeah you know, we, we got out of three, got into two... And, I mean, I can't even remember who we had now. We, we've had, we've had, and, and and a lot of the players that we had were were not really pros. Were more young lads from Oz, yeah, or Pakistani lads who came over to ply their trade as, as playing cricket, which I would call your traditional overseas profession. Yeah. Literally goes back to the Shane Warne turn up in Bristol, back in there, whatever it was. And played a season there, and in his own words, eating too many pies. Mm, yeah. yeah, and that's when he was a he was a nobody, wasn't he, at the time? Mm, um, yeah, and you've yeah. had those sort of guys coming over. Yeah, we had young, mainly young lads. I yeah. mean, I mean, we have. Don't get me wrong. Since then, we've had we've. In fact, we have in the lad the same lad backs coming back this year that we had a couple of years ago. Ahmed Bashir mm-hmm. is coming back. Uh, Ahmed went back to Pakistan. Uh, in fact, we had a. We, it, it was when we were trying to get promoter. Uh, was it we were trying to get promoted? No, trying to stay up, I think, Armoured. And he had to, he got recalled. Mm-hmm. He got recalled by the uh, fiasco in Pakistan where all the overseas got recalled because of irregularities, let's say. Yeah. Uh, and he needed to, uh, they needed to pull a few extra quid into the Pakistani PCB board. So they, they bought the season forward a bit. Yeah. I'll be honest, I had a, bit, a little bit of a swing because I knew Wazim Khan quite well and Wazim arranged for him to stay a, an extra an extra week, which helped us. And uh, the lucky thing was, we'd had Ian O'Brien at, played for us the year before and OB hadn't played for anybody that year. So he was sort of still signed on with us. So OB took over. Uh, so he, he helped us till the end of the season. So yeah, so we, we were lucky that year. But... We've had some smashing kids. I mean, we had a, we had a lad last year. He he he's, um, he wasn't the best overseer we had, but he was he was a smashing kid, you know. And and good around the club. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have never I in in, in fifty years I've never known such an anorak. Uh, he, he lived he lived at our he lived with me and my missus for a while uh-huh. for the last couple of months, and I used to get home from here, and he would be watching. He'd watch anything, yeah. anything to do with cricket. I got over and the TV were on, and. Obviously, with ladies, ladies will call it. He, he absolutely watched every single bit. He knew everything. Yeah. And, you know, he he knew everything about the, the the pros that were playing in the Premier League and Division One in the Derbyshire. He knew everything about where they come from, what the records were. Again, getting back to internet facts and figures, it's it's brilliant, I suppose. Now, yeah, without a, without a shadow, definitely. It's almost fifty years that you've been with South Wingfield, and you know. It's about, is it 20 plus years you've been here at How's That Cricket now? No, How's That Cricket has been, I opened Mitchell Sports from this very room that we're in now, yeah. 
I was in the police actually. In I was going to ask, what did you do before? Yeah, I was in the police, mm -hmm. and then 1990, I left and set up Mitchell Sports, which which I worked out of my garage at home. Yeah. For a year, Julie got pregnant with our first son Liam, and we moved here uh, on a six months rent. <laughs> Thirty-one years <laughs> later, we're still here, but I now own it. So I was going to say, hope you're not paying rent no, all not, that time. So we no, we we were rented it for about ten years, and then I got a letter saying that to, I had to get out within two weeks because they were selling the place. Right, not not the fact. So I bought it basically. Mm -hmm. um, we were a sports shop, general sports shop, so we had everything: football, cricket, a little bit of cricket, because uh, the older members who were listening will remember Ian Walker. Who mm -hmm. used to sell from his loft in Ripley? Yeah. Well, Ian was a friend of mine, and I always said that I would never rival him. Why ever he wanted to do it? Well, sadly, Ian Ian got Parkinson's and decided to pack up. So once he packed up, I took it, the 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 mantle on, if you like, mm -hmm. and we swapped it from being a sports shop as soon as MacArthur Glen opened across here. Okay. Yeah. Because within you, know, you, you can always yeah. yeah. I was going to say. Rory McIlroy could probably is a golf ball that far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, Nike, Adidas, Adidas, they all came on, who were supplying me to sell trainers. Yeah. Well, I couldn't compete with it. So we said, right, that's it, we'll go specialised. Yeah. And and then we went down cricket, and of course, as a specialist shop, that's the only reason that we have, we've survived. So when when did what year was that when you went specialist? I'd say that was specialist now... Yeah, you're probably right, about 20, 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I should know that date, really, but I would say, yeah, 20 years. Well, what's changed in the the cricketing retail landscapes? Because I can, I'm, I'm like you, of an age that I can remember. We used to go to a place in Liverpool called Jack Sharp Sports. Mm -hmm. um, Sharps was the place because it was the, the sport. To be fair, they did do a lot of focus on cricket, um, which is what one of the reasons I used to go there anyway. But you know, it's a completely different game today than what it was 20 years ago, isn't it? Jack Shaw, I believe that was taken over by a company called Taskers. Correct. Uh, who were one of our early rivals. Uh, and Taskers, have, I think they, they have actually gone now. Um, what's altered? Everything's altered. Mm. Everything's altered. Number, um, of bra number of brands has altered massively. Yeah, yeah. I mean, back then, how many brands would you have had? You'd have had your Grey Nichols, your Stuart Surridge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gunnamore, County, uh, SS yeah. at that time. The funny story that we used to relate to, we used to do um, football boots, and I used to sell hundreds of pair of a football boot called a Puma King. Yeah. And I can tell you now, that price used to be 69 99 and I would sell literally hundreds. When it came to that player who, who played for local dog and duck and spent £69 on a... On a pair of football boots. Yeah. Played cricket. He used to come in to me and it was Mitch, what's the cheapest boot you've got? Uh, I don't want to spend a lot. And then we would, our, our boots in them days, the target price was 29 99 Wow. And they used to be mitre. We used to sell mitre cricket boots yeah. at 29 99 and because I knew the rep quite well, and a lot of them were still made in Huddersfield, uh -huh. he used to get me seconds, which you got a scratch on front, <laughs> that we could sell at nineteen ninety nine. But then footballers <clears throat> who, were, who, were, who would play 90 minutes in a sixty nine ninety nine pair, but in eight hours they wanted to pay it 20 quid. So everything about cricket's 
I mean, if you went through that shop now, I, I could tell you a story about every piece of equipment that's mm -hmm. changed from a jock strap, which was literally a piece of elastic and a and a and a box and a bit of cotton round and it. a bit of cotton round your bits, to a helmet that we're selling in there, which wasn't even available. We sell in helmets in there, one hundred and eighty pound with titanium uh, grills, etc., etc. We didn't even sell a helmet because right. helmets didn't. People, you, yeah, you, true. Were, yeah. you, you, you were a, a wuss. You want your Delwood on for, you know. And but best, best legislation that ECB ever bought in, in more ways than one, because I got tipped off it was coming in, and I bought every helmet that, <laughs> that was available in Britain at that time. Seriously, I bought every kid's helmet that every company had. Let me guess, that was around the time you bought the building. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe about right. Profit could have bought it. I, yeah. I, th I think you're right. It's it's one of the. I'm of an age that. I didn't wear a helmet until four or five years ago, and that was just because of necessity more mm. than anything. Uh, before then, just didn't do it. But even in, in the league these days today, you just see it's of an age where they just will not wear it full stop. Yeah, time. you still see people do it nowadays, and, and they're ridiculous. My own son, my own son wears it. Obviously, they wear it, although they're playing. But I remember one night having to rush him down to Derby DRI because mm -hmm. it had last five minutes in nets, tennis helmet, top edge one straight into his tooth, yeah. smashed his front tooth. So, you know, it was the best thing that they, they ever did, they ever bringing that legislation in for kids. Funny story I always like to mention with the kids is that we had a number of kids back at our club at Winsell a few years ago who'd come to the game, let's say reasonably late, they were sort of 11, 12 years old before they came to the game. And yeah, they got used to wearing a helmet and they got used to putting the whole kit on when they were bat batting. And then one day, I just happened to overhear a conversation about, have you got your box on? And I said, what do you mean have you got your box on? Oh, I just make sure we've got a box on. I said, you're about to field. And it turned out that half our under-11s were going out with boxes on when they were fielding <laughs> as well. I said, where's that got? Oh, so-to-so-to -so -so got hit. No, hang on, guys. Right, yeah. Let's get, but it just the mentality difference compared to as you say, when we were inverted commas growing up, when you know the thought of a, a decent pair of pads mm. back in the day was something. Never mind. Um, we well, could all, I can remember the roll gloves. Yeah, yeah. We, we I remember the one with the spikes on. What we used to yes. buy when we were going in, and then it used to be a club bat. Uh, sorry, a club bag. And if you were batting seven, eight, nine, the time you got down to that, there were sweat were dripping off them. You'd, you'd got a pink jock, uh, a pink uh, box. Yeah. With the odd pew still sticking out because somebody been in before you. Disgusting when you think about it. It but. is, isn't it? And it's we we've what we've noticed more and more over the past ten years at the club is that there is an age where all of a sudden the kids and the juniors they want their own, oh. and it's it's a wonderful position as a club because it means you don't have to have as many club bags, but at the same time you also know you've got them then as players. Mm. You know then that up to the age of seven, eight, nine, they're not really sure football, cricket, rugby. The moment they say to their mum and dad, I want that bat for Christmas, I want that helmet, you know that they're really into it. Well, obviously, it's funny you say that because we do very, 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 very few club bags now. Yeah. Maybe a pub, if a pub's decided that they want to have a, a Wednesday night yeah. match, they'll have a bag. Nobody has club bags anymore. It's all individual, which, you, again, obviously is very good for us. But, you know, you don't get people borrowing equipment and, and things like that. And, and it's, 
it's funny you mention that about the boxers because my sister who, run, who runs this with Gavin, my, my nephew, has only said to me last night, she rang me last night about something that had happened and uh, she said, well, you know what, we should really write down all these comments that we've had <laughs> over the years for, for things because we had one on, we had one on Saturday. We get a lot of grandmas and granddads coming in the granddad, I used to play in 1960, and I had a grey nickel, so I want him to have a grey nickel. I mean, he probably doesn't realise that there's, there's 20 other different brands. Yeah. But because they had... But the one on, on Saturday, and, and you're getting a lot of people, a lot of parents coming in who had never had anything to do with the... Cricket. So they get sent here by various coaches or various agencies that, they've, that we've got connections with, and they'll say, on Saturday, one came in and said... Uh, well, we look. I think it was for a young girl actually. I wasn't here, but we're looking for a bat. Uh, we're looking for a cricket bat. Uh, all we know, it's a Haribo size. A Haribo. Haribo. <laughs> we thought, you know, it, that's another one. We like. We got the the Haribo, the Haribo size, and did we know we've had? Do you have special helmets for left-handers and and, <laughs> and, and, and various things that I, Sharon should have quoted better than me, but things that. Things that have been said over the years, it's uh, it's quite amusing that someone say. Stumps, bumps, and beer bumps. And and through your you know your success that you've had here at House at, you've you've been very lucky to be able to support a number of people around the area, in particular, so a number of clubs, uh, some of the players at the Derby show, etc. So, okay, give us a sort of background of some of that stuff that you've done there. Sponsorship. Yes. Yeah. Um, I first got involved with Derby show about nineteen. 91 just after i'd started I, I i've always been a supporter of derbyshire my first my first memories of going to watch derbyshire was the 1969 i think it was uh semi-final when we won at chesterfield okay uh we beat i think it was sussex in, in semi-final and mm -hmm. tom air took six wickets that's all i remember but prior to the um john player series what they used to have on on tv mm -hmm. on the 40 overs they started to show, it used to be all the county sides played the, an international Cavaliers team on a Sunday. Yeah. So there was 18 games during the summer and BBC Two used to cover that. And the only game that got rained off that first time was Derbyshire oh. at Chesterfield. And it was actually shown on TV and I was told at the time that me and my sister, my mum and dad used to take us and put it on bank at Chesterfield. We took it like a, a, a play tent and we, we, it showed us on TV and people said, oh, we saw you on TV. It was like a miracle thing then. Not Absolutely. Like, not like today where, you know, people have been on from... We were seen on TV. So that's that's my first memory going back to Derbyshire. But I got involved with um, sponsoring Derbyshire through a guy called um, Mike McNamee, really, uh, whose, whose son plays at, down at uh, San Diego, Neil mm. still. He, he was the corporate uh, manager down at um, Derbyshire. Yeah. And really, I suppose, what I used to do, I used to supply the shop. That's how it started. We used to do all the polo shirts and that uh -huh. sort of thing. That's phased away now because obviously with the with the supplier of the kit, sort of, I think it's Samurai now do their kit, yeah. they do it all for them. Yeah. But I used to do all the polos and, and things like that. And us, I'd done boots for the, for the players since then, really. And... and yeah, I suppose that's how we ever got involved, and I've I've been involved with over over forty different benefits, Ooh. either sponsoring them on committees, chairmans, or 
some sort of sponsorship. Yeah. So throughout, not just obviously Derbyshire, I actually think, I was, I was thinking about this the other day, I think because I, I do collect, I collect shirts, I'm a bit of a sadster as well, I do collect players' shirts who we've ever had dealings with and I've got about two or three hundred of, of, of actually worn shirts and the only club that I haven't got one of is Gloucestershire. I haven't okay. got Gloucestershire. Uh, so, yeah, so that, you know, I've been involved with with quite a lot of that and of course through my involvement with cricket retail I got introduced to a guy called Paul Pritchard he used to be captain of Essex yeah Paul Pritchard was the Grey Nichols representative uh, me and him got on very very well still today very close friend and once Paul left he went to work for the PCA and that's when I got involved with the PCA bought in that and that up until COVID, that was a real major concern. COVID came along and obviously the events didn't quite take place. Yeah. The loss of revenue and, yeah. and things like that. And and to be fair to them, they now tried to get that back. But I've been involved with them, Chance to Shine, Taverners. We've been involved with more, really. And it's absolutely bang on when you say COVID. They, they all, for the want of a better way of putting this, had to go to sleep for you know, 18 months. Um, but it is phenomenal to see in the last six to 12 months in particular how they're all popping their heads up. PCA done a phenomenal job in the last 12 months again. Taverners have been right out there all over the place again. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, you're uh, right. It's, it's, it's all, they've almost had to start from the beginning again. Yeah, yeah. And of course, their clients, a lot of corporate people, mm-hmm. have been it so bad. That spare dollar to mm-hmm. spend on hospitality at, to support charities is not there. It's very hard for them. You, you've supported some local clubs around here as well over the years, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, again, it's very difficult, that is. Uh, because everyone wants a piece. Everybody, you know, <laughs> I, I, I try to be be right with people, but it, it's almost impossible to do it because if I did it for one club, Mitch, you've done it for them, why don't you do it for us? Yeah. I, I, I actually, have one, apart from South Wingfield, where obviously they give me a board, but I have one, one other board... And that's at Duffield, uh, because I'm, I'm a close friend. James Cocaine, who coaches down there, John Fernie, who are close friends of mine. Uh, and we, we've done a little bit together business. So we, we, he, he has one at Wingfield and I have one at Duffield. And that, that's how it that's how it is, really. Yeah. I did a lot with Otbrook at one time. Um, Otbrook, uh, when they got to Lords, I did a lot of stuff for them. And, and they repaid me by... Actually, if I'm honest, I don't think I ever paid anything, but it, they did it as what I'd done for them as a bit of a thank you mm-hmm. through Lindsay, Lindsay Morgan. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, we've done a bit. Uh, we tend to do it more for, again, I have to draw a line onto who I sponsor individually because I get I could sponsor somebody every day. Last year, I think we had, we had Tom Wood. We did Sarah, Sarah Glenn. Uh, at your place, yeah, yeah. Well, she was at she. We were actually sponsoring Sarah before she came to South Wigfield, mm-hmm. but and over the years, uh, Graham Welsh, Tom Lumley, uh, obviously Tony, Tony Palladino. Tony used it for a long, long time. Yeah. Fred used it in the Big Bash, not for long, but he used it in the Big Bash. Um, who else used it? Yeah, we, we've had we've had quite a few different players. Yeah, tell tell us about your involvement with yeah. You know, for those of you who don't know, um, with Wayne Madsen, because I know you, you're close to Wayne and a certain dinner that you put on in particular. Tell us about that. 
Oh, the one at Lords, I presume. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, I, I again, I was just asked to go on a, a committee. Mm. I wasn't the the chairman that year. Richard Gerber was the was the chairman, and um, me and Richard Gerber are, are chalk and cheese. <laughs> uh, and and the fair, I, I tell you the story. The first time I ever met him, I thought I'm not going to get on with this guy, uh, and we became very good friends. It's quite funny, really, that if you don't know Richard, Richard's an inspirational speaker. Mm -hmm. Uh, a wonderful person to listen to I, I've got to say that uh, so I went to this meeting and I, I put my cards on the table look this is me come as more I can do this I can do that I can I can I've got contacts and we can do this and anyway like I say we got an house on fire and from a committee of about 14 I think it was to uh -huh. start with Wayne actually whittled it down he didn't want a big committee and we there was about five or six of us I think in the end on this, and, and I, I was quite a big noise, Rich was quite a big noise, Richard Salt, who was at Brailsford, yeah. Richard was a big noise. Uh, being being honest, we, we sort of carried it through quite quite a lot. And when you have a benefit, you're allowed one event at Lord's. On top of your local events. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're only allowed to have them in your own county. If, like this year, Luke Fletcher's got one at Nottinghamshire. Yeah. If Luke wants to come and do a game at Wink South Wingfield, he has to have permission from Derbyshire. So it has to be all done. And there's a, because of the taxation purposes, there has to be a lot of uh, legislation in benefit. And, and, and it's getting more and more. How long a benefit will go going forward, because it's tax-free, that's not gonna. That's not going to last forever. It's like in no. football, we don't see as many testimonials anymore, no, do we? No, no, no. Whether you believe in tax, uh, uh, whether you believe in taxation, we don't. None of us believe in taxation. Whether you believe in benefits or not, it's an open book, and I, I, I can see both sides of it. But the benefit system was set up for the guys who were just good county standard players who finished their career at, let's say, thirty-two, yeah, and then hadn't got a clue what they were going to do. Didn't have a coaching job to fall back on. No, yeah. The beauty of it is now the PCA put on so many courses and mm. things to help these guys. To help with mental health, which is a massive, a massive problem in in, in cricket, as we all know. Uh, but Wayne Wayne had one, and uh, we 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 had a we had one we had a six aside up at uh, Chatsworth, which was a good day. Mm -hmm. We had a, a few local dinners, and Wayne wanted to have one at Lords because it it's offered to you. It's an expensive thing to put on, but if you can if you can pitch it right, you can get it right. It's the it's a money earn. Absolutely. And we, we, we did this um, this event and um, I managed to get Goffy to do it for because quite close to Darren. And, and, and Goffy came and did it for a, for a fee for quite a, good, a cheap fee, I'd say, for, uh, for Mads. And we also got uh, Nick Compton to help out with the interview of Darren and all that sort of thing. And I emceed it. But the big secret of it was Wayne's parents obviously live in South Africa. So uh, oh, they they do follow the pod, by the way. Oh well, I'm sure they do. Yeah, Paddy, Paddy, and, and Paddy yeah. follows the pod both online and on social media. I can imagine he does. Yeah, yeah, and I can imagine Kyla's mum and dad do as well. If if the truth's known, uh, they they've just gone back. Actually, they've just gone back to South mm -hmm. Africa. So three of us, the three that I mentioned, to be quite honest, along with Kyla, said, "How brilliant would it be 
if we could actually get them over without way knowing. Yeah. So we managed to organise that and we, we sorted it out between us and got and managed to pay for him to come over and all that. And he knew nothing at all about it, absolutely nothing at all about it. And what we decided to do was a little bit of a skit, really, this is your life type yeah. thing. Wayne is a mad Liverpool supporter. Yeah. Gerbert, he got a good contact uh, to through Watford for Henderson. So Henderson did us a, a bit of a film mm-hmm. and we got we, we, we got someone, Wayne's family. It was all based on the old, this is your life. They can't be here tonight, but we've got a message, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So we obviously, we had mum and dad do a message and oh, we'd have loved to have been there, Wayne. And what we did was, the idea was, I knew the girl who worked at Lord's, so I'd arranged with her at a certain time, she'd got stuck kicking a door as if there was a scuffle outside. <laughs> So I, I stopped all proceedings during this and, and, and made, made out that I was sorting it out. You know, I, I went down. Look, I'm not having this. We've paid a lot of money for Lords and this is ridiculous. And, and who are you anyway? What do you mean you need a ticket? Yeah, look, you've not got a ticket. You need a ticket to come in here. And of course, nobody else except for four of us were in on this. And everybody's, <laughs> everybody's thinking, what the hell's going off here? Wayne, bless I was going to say, what was Wayne thinking? Was if, he thinking, well, what's happened to my benefits? Yeah, well, if you ever look at... If you ever look at Twitter, the, there is there is an actual video of yeah. it, and Wayne's face is absolutely Picture. brilliant because his, his wife Kyla taped it, and Wayne, I can tell what Wayne because Wayne's such a lovely bloke. He's he's there. Oh God, what's Mitch? He's kicking off. What's he doing? You know, and all this, and then of course said, I don't care if your name is Madison. We had to ticket love. You're not coming in, <laughs> and of course, Mr. and Mrs. Madison coming, and it it was it were it were a lovely moment, and it is. It's a lovely video. If you haven't seen it, it we'll pick it out and we'll put it out on Twitter ourselves. Um, it's a cracking moment when he sees his parents walking yeah, in. It, 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 it was yeah. I'll be honest. I'm going goose poop blue just remembering it because it, it was it was a, a lovely lovely night. That's going to be something to beat, isn't it? Doing working with these guys. I don't think you'll beat it. I don't uh, think you can beat it because, I mean, you couldn't do it for, for a nicer bloke neither. Yeah. Uh, and, it, so, and it's great when we see him sign another contract. He's going to be with us again at Derbyshire for another couple of years. Yeah, I've told him to leave. I've told him to leave over the years, but he'll never leave. He's too genuine and he, he won't. He thinks too much of Derbyshire. He, he, and he loves, he's part of the area. Mm. You know, he's, he, he's, he, he is to Derbyshire what you are to South Wingfield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've never heard anybody actually sit and put me and Wayne Madsen in the same sentence, but have I've you ever pre- bowled, have you ever bowled at him? Yeah, uh, uh, I don't know if I'm or not. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't think I am. I don't think he could. I don't think he could. I don't think he could pick me to be quite honest. Oh, uh, there's a challenge there for you, Wayne. We're going to have to uh, sort that out. <laughs> but be, that'd be a nice one to sort out for your. You're going to have a benefit year in your fiftieth. Well, it's funny you say that. It you are, it is a, it is on the cards to do something where. I'd like to do something for lack of benefit, but obviously yeah. not for the proceeds for me, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, maybe for mind or something like that. Cause I'm yeah. very, I'm very, very. That's that'd be a good one. I'm very, very mental health conscious, and I, I know what PCA have done for various players. And if you follow them, you can see. And I know, I know of many cases which obviously I wouldn't comment on, sure. um, where they've helped. And I, I will go as far as say they've helped Derbyshire players. You know. It's well, brilliant. You you put on a game in your final year, and I'm sure if it's at South Wingfield or wherever, it'll be streamed at some point. Well, um, you know, we'll come and commentate for you. Well, it's it, it, it is it, it is on the cards. I don't quite know what personalities I could pull, but 
I have got a little. I have got a little pool that I think I could. You've get. got your little black book, so you know. Let, <laughs> let's think of you know Goffy opening the bowling, um, at one end with Freddie opening the bowling at the other end. Well, I don't think you get Fred now because Fred's uh, unfortunately he's, he's too busy to do anything. Yeah. He's still Fred. I mean, I I I got to know Freddie quite well in two thousand and six, and we we were, we were flying around country in a helicopter and doing all great things like that. But like I say, Fred Nary is so busy, and like randomly, ended just just turned up last last summer uh-huh. here, and he called me and said, I I wasn't here, just walked in, didn't. It's Mitchell. I I Corey's forgot his boots. He were playing for he were playing for Lanks okay. under sixteens at Nottingham. Yeah. And they just got down here and realised that they forgot his cricket boots. So Fred had to come in and get a pair of boots for his son. Uh-huh. Stokesy. Stokesy called him one day on the way down to Nottingham. Uh, well, you are just off the M1. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> it, and, and he wanted five white um, grips. He only uses white grips. Uh-huh. And it's like, well, you're going to go to more. Nah, I don't like this. They don't do this particular one. And and it's, it's so random. It is so random. It's where, it's where we start to think, what's the difference? Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we pick up a bat and the grip's a grip, isn't it? You know, yeah, just it's how yeah. many grips you might have on, but they, they feel so different to these guys, don't they? One, one thing with these people, though, you know, that I, I've, I've got to know over the years, and and don't don't get me wrong, I, I at one point in my life, I find it quite difficult to handle it because... I was with famous people quite a bit, mm. and, and and I thought, what what am I doing here? Well, yeah, I'm just a you know a fat pie chucker from South Winfield, and and all these people around me, and I know a lot, and and it and it gets to you, but somebody told me a famous quote. Griff Griff told me this. Dave Griffiths told me this. That and I had this conversation with him, and he said he was similar because Dave obviously meets with all these people and all that, and he said although you look on them as a bit heroes and the human beings but Michael Alden summed it up beautiful Michael Alden said today if we are just better at games than you are and I thought what a brilliant quote and these people you don't I've, I've, I've met football in our previous as I said earlier on we we, we, we dealt with footballers and, and, and people yeah, like yeah. cricketers are a different class I, I know I know hundreds of counties cricketers of the years and I can honestly say if there's one percent that's either been stroppy or difficult, yeah, they're just not. They're just totally top, agree. top blokes. Um, Marcus Stoffy, hmm? absolute gent. Yeah, absolute gent. Uh, will text just out of the blue because I've met him over the years. Mm-hmm. First through uh, a golf game actually at um, at Gordon Moore, and then. We, we did a little bit with him uh, on, on a testimonial. Then, obviously, when he played for England, now when he's coaching. And then I did the bike ride with him. Uh-huh. I did three bike rides with him in 13, 15, and, and 17, which were brilliant. We, 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 the first one was from Durham to Lords. Uh, and um, I mean, sort of like Josh Butler was on that. Josh Butler at that time was a young kid just playing with Somerset. Yeah. It was quite funny, actually, because he was, he was playing with Somerset. And um, he was due to join Lancashire the following year. And we stopped at Lancashire on the way down. We actually stopped at the hotel on the ground one night. Yeah. And next morning, me and, me and Josh went for breakfast. And at that time, nobody really knew who Josh Butler was. Just a nice lad from summer. And uh, he went for his second bacon cob. 
And I always remember saying to him, this a, a, a woman who was serving him, you've had one. <laughs> so I said, that, that's obviously your catering manager for next year, sort yeah. of thing. And, and sort of like, of course, Joss has gone on from, from strength to strength. He's done all right. He's done. And again, lovely bloke. Absolute smashing chap. Uh, Johnny, Johnny Bairstow. You know, just, just good blokes. Just, it's very difficult to, to say a bad one, really. And I mean, Derbyshire lads, they're not England, they're not England players, but, you know, 95% of them come in here and all, all smashing kids, all, all, all just right down to earth chaps. Absolutely, absolutely. Stumps, ups, and beer pumps. Super over. Okay, Andy, for our super over, we like to ask each of our guests the same six questions and just simply ask for your quick answers, mate. So let's start with, Andy, what's your favourite ground? Uh, I think overall I'd have to go for Newlands. Good choice. Your favourite batter? Uh, England, I'd say Alistair Cook. Derbyshire, I'd say Wayne Madsen. And local, I suppose I'd have to say my son, really. Ah, that's good enough. Your favourite bowler? Uh, Again... International and Derbyshire, I'd go for Michael Oldham. Uh, and again, I enjoy watching my own son, Kyle, play. Brilliant. Your favourite tipple? I'd say a good pint of bitter or an IPA. Okay. Your favourite cricket tea item of choice? Well, there's quite a bit of a legend on this. It's, it's got to be pork pie. I've had plenty of pork pies over the years. So, And your final one is your sporting hero, cricket or otherwise? Well, I, I did think about this one, and I'd, I think I'd have to I'd have to say three and three different sports. I'd say football, Kevin Hector, cricket. I think Freddie and uh, AP McCoy racing. Couldn't get much better than the legend McCoy, could you, sir? That's great, Andy. Thanks a lot. Super over. Stumps, ups, and beer pumps. Celebration coming up. Eat a hellishly good cake with that wow factor. Then speak to Helen at Hell's Kitchen Cupcake Shop. Hell's Kitchen supply cupcakes and other bakes for any occasion. Message Helen at Hell's Kitchen. Check in on Facebook Hell's Kitchen. One L in Hell, and it'll be one L of a cake for you. Hell's Kitchen Cupcake Shop. 07713-342-914. Any food allergies and requirements must be discussed before ordering your cakes. You've been lucky enough because of the, the amount of time you've been involved in the game and and with the cricket retail side as well. You've you've travelled literally to the four corners of the earth, haven't you, to mm. to watch cricket and play cricket in some cases. Apart from the, the obvious ones, don't you? We talk, we all talk about Newlands. We all talk about Sydney Cricket Ground. You know these big ones. Give us a flavour of somewhere that you've been where you've gone. You, do you know what? That's a proper cricket ground somewhere overseas. Oh, um, been to India a couple of times. Uh, uh, what was it called? I can't remember the name of the, the ground. What we went to now, it was, it was a strange one. Chatter, uh, ch- I can't remember. That. I can't remember the name of it. But it was, it was not a major ground. That that was good. That was two thousand and that was two thousand and six, I think. Uh, I think the funniest one probably was was Paul in South Africa. Yeah. We we were stopping down at Stellenbosch yeah. on the route, and England were due to play a, a pole eleven on a Tuesday afternoon, 
in a pre-test game, basically. Paul had got... It was, I would imagine it was more like a select... Australia, uh, sorry, South African team that they got together and an England turn up. Well, we turned up at one thirty, and, 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 and there was there was about 20, 20 people milling about. <laughs> Uh, a guy were rolling it on the oldest roller that you've ever ever seen. Sat on this old roller, and and some guy walked, walked over to me and said, um, "I presume you've come to watch game, have you?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." He said, uh, "Well, we, we're not we're not playing it to to we're not playing it now. It's too hot." Well, we are playing it, but we're not playing it till seven o'clock tonight. So if you want to come back about five, six, have a drinky bar, you know, England will be. And it was like it was like it was like rocking up at a local it was like, Again, it was like it was like going it was like walking onto Winfield's ground. No, no, they don't start till half past seven. Yeah, come back. We, so we just spent the afternoon in a winery, spending about twenty quid and getting in, in quite merry, really. But my, I always remember that one where I can't remember who, who were playing, but Rooty didn't play, and I remember Joe Root coming out with tea. Mm-hmm. He'd been and made a pot of tea. And walked out with a tray of drinks. I've got a great photo of Rooty bringing out a, a, a tray of drinks, you know, England captain. And that's probably, again, going back to what I said earlier, the normality of it. I yeah. can't remember, imagine Harry Kane or, 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 Harry, uh, or Harry Maguire, you know, going and making a pot of tea and, and bringing it out for, for, pe- for, for people who have gone to, to watch him. Yeah, and I think you know, we're very lucky, as we know, that the, the England fans who've travelled over the years have created a an incredibly good name for themselves travelling around the world as cricket fans. Mm-hmm. And that has, you know, I always go back to um, the sprinkler back in mm-hmm. Australia and how the England players came up to the, the crowd and you know, basically danced with them because t- they'd won the Ashes. Yeah, I was there that day. Well, yeah. that, I, was, I was on that. I was, I was, that was Sydney, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. just can't, you can't see that in... I don't think I've ever seen it in any other sport as, as close as that, um, which is very ironic when you think of the the size of these grounds in some cases and the noise that they hear. But they, they, they'll pick a voice out and they'll, they'll always know where someone is and they'll mm. know where the England fan. You'll always know where the England fans are, mm. um, which is just you know incredible for us. And I think it's lovely to see that we're actually now starting to see that with the England women's team as well. Mm. You know they're starting to get that following building around them. Um, because they're a great bunch of ladies. There's no two ways about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you, you're involved, obviously. You guys have had Sarah Glenn up at Wingfield last year. So. Yeah, well, yeah. Sarah, Sarah joined us. Sarah joined us last year, and hopefully she's staying with us this year. I'll be quite honest. I don't at this point. I don't know. I know Liam is a, a brother, uh, but Sarah's obviously. Uh, we had a bit of a, an issue last year because of of, and it's been rectified now. Of actual availability of whether a lady professional is to be considered a cricket professional in the same ah, as a man like a derbyshire player yeah yeah and we actually had to go and get permission from the league to play sarah in a second team game i'm going to get into the the yeah. the rights and wrongs of women playing uh, at a higher level and whether they deserve to or not but i think that Common sense will would say that the, the likes of Sarah shouldn't have to compete with let's say let's say Billy Godelman mm-hmm. as, a, as a different as because of a different player. Billy played yeah. it went and played at um, 
at Kimberley when he wasn't playing yeah. in the Notts League. Now, had Sarah played for Kimberley or, or in the Notts team, she would have played against. Now, I think we all know that really the standard is, is, is different. Yeah. I mean, there's no two ways about it. That's not wishing to sound any detriment to the women's game at all, but it is. Now, the, the, the good news is I have the understanding that, again, common sense has been showed this year and I have been made aware that there is a directive. I don't know if it's been come out officially yet or whether it's been mulled over that ladies, professionals, are being considered different in standard so they aren't having to compete for a place against a men's professional. Yeah, and, and it's the same if you know Tom Wood turned up for Ticknell or for... For, or Wayne Madsen did a few times with Tidnell. Mm. Um, you know, with the utmost respect, yeah. it's a different ball game altogether, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, of course um, it is. But we, we do know that we're very lucky to have the likes of Sarah in the league who can play up at Div 2, Div 1, and actually not just hold their own. Sarah, Sarah actually played for our seconds last year and took three or four wickets. And she was she did play in the first team because when, when this was all being... Uh, assessed, if to, to use a, a word, she was told that she could only play in our first team. Right, and we picked her to play yeah. in our first team, and she did all right. She did well. Mm. She did well. Uh, but whether, to be fair to Sarah, Division One and the Premier is the standard for her to play in is it's questionable. Yeah, because yeah. Of, as we've just said, it's two different games. Hey, listen, we're going to come to our final question, which we ask all our guests shortly. Andy, but before I do that, just give us a flavour of where you see um, cricket, club cricket, and you know cricket retailing for you as it is now. Um, where do you see it in the next sort of five to ten years? You, you've got more and more brands popping up when it comes to retailing, and I'm sure that's made the landscape very, very different for you. Mm. But at the same time, club cricket is burgeoning from what we can see. The, the league have had more entries than ever before again. Mm-hmm. Uh, junior cricket, as we said earlier, is absolutely flying. Um, if we keep 5-10% of these All-Stars and Dynamos who are coming through, that's great for club cricket going forwards. Are, are you positive in your thinking you know, the next 5-10 years there? Um, I think that the major, the major growth in, in uh, people playing is definitely girls. Definitely girls' cricket is growing. There's huge, no doubt about huge that. Huge numbers. Um, I think there are the likes of Andy Mitchell's staying on, probably not as old as me, but people are playing longer because they're fitter. Not in my case, but there's people <laughs> that are fitter. I think that we will see in the next 10 years, which again is a bone of contention, I think you'll find that leagues are getting cut down in overs. I honestly think that to keep young players... This isn't this isn't my ideal way that it is. I think we will see, every, as every club will know, the hardest thing to keep a kid is to convince him then to play twenty overs on a on a Wednesday night, then to play forty six on a Saturday. When I was a kid, there were no phones, there was nothing else to do. There was a, it was a pleasure to play. Now there's so many different things that these kids can be doing. Yeah, there 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 a phone call. From a mate away from walking away from cricket all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot more things to do. Commitment at cricket is my biggest beef. I hate it. And I'm sure everybody that's out of me me for it. Because when I was playing, 
as a kid. You went on holiday on a Sunday. You came. You, you had one Saturday away, but you came back on the Friday. You went to your, you went to your family weddings, and that was it. That their mother sixteen weeks. You were committed. Now, as every club in, in this county will tell you, if why not's on, you'll have three going to why not festival. Yeah. You'll you'll have oh some of them, some of them will go opening an envelope, won't they? They'll yeah, just drop out yeah. just for sake of it. Oh, I can't play next week. You, you've taken six for six for twenty for us today. Yeah, yeah, but my mates having a party and I, I need to be there. So we get that. So I think that going forward, we will find that leagues are start dropping down overs, and I think it'll be. Let's use Derbyshire. I'm not saying this will happen in Derbyshire. I don't know. I think that there'll be leagues that actually go from the kids playing on a Wednesday to 20 to playing 20 on a Saturday. And I think that their matches will start round about 4 o'clock. So they finish at 7 o'clock. So that club life after can be kept. Yeah. Now, how deep that goes or how much you dig into that, if we've got 10 leagues, how much that digs... It's 40 overs already at the moment. From division ten to six, seven, seven is it? Seven, yeah. Yeah. How much longer they can keep that going? Fair. In my opinion, is it is the better? Yeah. But I can honestly see that that that's how I think it'll go. Now, mm. personally, I hope I'm wrong, but I think it'll come where we haven't got no players. Mm. We, you know, uh, the, the, but I can't play. I can't, I play. I play twenty because I'm going out with my mate at one o'clock, but I can be back for four. Yeah. And if we start. Whether it's right or whether it's wrong, I, I I do feel that that'll happen. Well, we'll have this recorded for posterity in many years, Andy. We'll look back on that, um, and I don't think there's many of our listeners who would disagree that the things are going to change. Mm. The question is at what pace they change, at what level they change, and I think the the one thing that we would all agree with, uh, both yourself and all of our listeners, is as long as cricket's being played, is a good thing. But we want to see all forms of cricket as much as possible, don't we? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah we, you know, I, I'd hate to think along the lines of, by the time you go down the route you just talked about, you then have to go all the way through the pyramid and start to say, how safe is test matches? Because it does work its all the way through, doesn't it, at some point? Yeah, it'll, 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 <laughs> it'll, it'll cut. I mean, he, he, you, you, know what, you know what the likes of Andrew Strauss is trying to do? He's trying to cut down county cricket already, and mm-hmm. that, that sort of... That, so they are trying to cut it down. I, I personally, I suppose I'm a traditionalist, so I don't want it. I don't want to see it. Hey, nothing wrong with being a traditionalist. And let's, let's point out that we're very lucky to have one of the best coaches in the world at Derbyshire, who's very clearly stated in the past few months, once again, mm. there's nothing wrong with county cricket in England. It's just the schedule. He, he's an absolute avid fan of what we do to bring kids through from literally all-stars through to test cricket in this country. If you don't have county championships, you don't have tests. Exactly, exactly. I think that's a great place to leave it there, Andy. But we have got our final question that we need to ask, and it's. Um, but I'm going to give you an open, open, clean sheet of paper for yours. So we're going to run a six-a-side competition this summer. So you've, you've been asked to enter a team into the Stumps, Umps, and Beer Pumps six-a-side competition, and we want you to put together your perfect six-a-side team. Any six players doesn't matter whether they play for South Wingfield. Derbyshire, England, West Indies, doesn't matter. We want your perfect six-a-side team, two batters, two bowlers, an all-rounder and a wicketkeeper. So, first question I have to ask is, are you in it? 
No, I I will be coach. Okay, we like that. Well, I will be beer monitor. I'll say beer monitor. Beer monitor. Okay. Uh, okay. If you're beer monitor, who's coaching? Um, Fred in his a day. Not now because he drinks green tea. Yeah. But, uh, Fred, Fred, Fred in his a day. Okay, so uh, go on then. So Who, who's your two batters? I'm I'm going to cheat a little bit. I, I'm not saying that this is perfect, but this this is this is sort of my six that. A little bit of personal interest and and, and, and a, a bit of friendship. Yeah. Uh, and also the fact that they're all very, very good players. So I've gone in, uh, international professional rather than local players. Absolutely, yeah, no problem. If I had to put a six aside together of people I like playing with and people that I've enjoyed a part with, it'd be completely different from this. But let's start with... Your two batters. Alex Hales. Uh, Alex Hales, or unfortunately, is from Nottinghamshire. Yeah. Um... As uh, would definitely be in there, yeah. great, great player. This is where I'm going to che cheat a little bit. Go on, because I'm going to have Johnny Burstow as a batter. Not wrong with that. We've had we've had this going on before. I think Johnny's a great player, yeah. uh, and uh, I'd have him in there. Your two bowlers. With two bowlers, would would be two bowlers that nobody else would pick. Interesting. Shane Warne. I'd have Shane Warne opening the bowling, mm -hmm. and I'd have. An old Derbyshire man called Mike Hendrick. I'd have Endo in there because Endo was one of the first limited over bowlers that knew what he was doing. Specialist almost. Specialist. He, he was a, he was not only a test cricket. Abs yeah, totally. He, he was the man that could bowl uh, eight overs for Derbyshire in a 40 over match. And come away with 16 runs off it. Yeah, yeah. You, just, um, you could open the bowling for a few overs, put them in the middle and bowl at the end. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like that. You're all-rounder? Uh, I'm going to go for Ben. Ben Stokes. Mm -hmm. Finally then, the wicketkeeper. You've got Johnny Burstow batting, so who's going to be your wicketkeeper? I'd love to say Chris Dunn now. No, I just mention, but it, I just, that's just to get him a mention. Uh, Joss Butler. I've gone for Joss because, again, he's, he's a great player. And he's a really nice lad as well. And it, but and uh, obviously, Johnny and Joss could basically flip the gloves between them if they want to, can't they? Well, yeah. If one gets an, if one gets an injury, I thought that as well. I, I, that, that was one of my considerations. Okay, so let, let, let's sum that up. You got Alex Hales and Johnny Burst as your two batters. Mike Hendrick and Shane Warne as your two bowlers. We like having a spinner actually in the team. Uh, ben Stokes as your all rounder, and wicketkeeper will be Josh Butler. Correct. That's not a bad team. It, do you? No, I've played in, I, I go back to played in a six aside. I once organised a six aside, an Old Fritton Cricket Club put a six aside team in. It was the best players round here, and they got beat by basically a pub side because the, the lads then played it properly. Yeah. They just, uh, Neil Sparron played, Carl Parkin played, who was a good player at Ena, mm -hmm. and, uh, and then went then went to, to Old Fritton. And they, they had a top side, but just on that day, I think Riddings won it. It actually won the tournament. But it was a, 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 a team, they put a team in called Derrick and the Despons. I always remember <laughs> it. And they were just local lads who, uh, and honestly, it, it, was, it wouldn't happen today because of, of, of how people see cricket play. Mm -hmm. But they come in, no cares whatsoever, and, 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 and it was quite funny. Hey, listen, Andy, that's a great place to leave it. Yeah, we're, we're all about club cricket on the podcast. Uh, and that sums up what we think club cricket's all about, just getting a, you know, a bunch of lads together who could do that. So it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you. 
thanks for getting the, giving us the time before you uh, end off away somewhere else again once again. So uh, look forward to seeing you during the season and uh, we'll get this out for you very shortly. Thank you very much. Cheers, Enjoy it. Stumps, bumps can be a bumps. That was fantastic, Andy, that was. That superb interview. Uh, well done, Livo. Brilliant, Andy, that was. I'm quite, I was quite surprised. I, d- I obviously don't know a great deal about Andy Mitchell myself. I've never... But 50 years, coming up to his 50th year and, and over 30 years playing, I think it's impressive. So I thought, fair play, and he's, he's still going, he's still playing, he's still going strong. Um, does Obviously does a lot for the club and does a lot for, for, for local cricket as well, really. So, yeah, brilliant. So, yeah, fantastic. Obviously, we... Uh, our own Rich Marser was the, was the last podcast. It's, we've had some good reviews from that. People have enjoyed the Marser's podcast. Um, and if you've not listened to it, don't forget to have a little backtrack. And uh, Livo was on Simon Hughes, the analyst, as well, wasn't he, Neil? Yeah, he was on uh, pumping the old this Stumps podcast and a few county cricket stuff and a bit club cricket anecdotes. Yeah, so have a listen to that. That's on uh, the analyst, Simon Hughes's pod. Livo there, we're talking about ourselves and... Have a listen if you've not heard it. We've got a few good ones coming up though, Neil, haven't we? Yeah, next one off the old taxi rank is Sam Connors from Derbyshire. How he coming about playing cricket and what he's up to and his training methods. That's a good listen. So, so yeah, keep your eye out for the next one. Sam, obviously, after this one, uh, Sam Connors, again, like Neil says, from Derbyshire. So that's pretty much all we've got time for. Until next time. Ciao, brethren. So that's all we've got time for for this edition of Stumps, Umps and Beer Pumps. Thank you to our special guest today. If you know someone at your club that wishes to come and have a chat with us and talk about your club, then please email us on stumpsumpsandbeerpumps at gmail.com. Also, please like and subscribe, and also you can follow us on Twitter. If you've got any questions, any stories or any funny anecdotes, then please again email us on stumpsumpsandbeerpumps at gmail.com. We hope you've enjoyed our tour around club cricket life. So please join us again for more of the same. Thank you very much for listening. This is Stump Sumps and Beer Pumps. So until next time, there's your one for the over. Stumps, Umps and Beer Pumps. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favourite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Stump, 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 st